Amanda, remember that time a painting caused Thomas Cromwell to be beheaded? Welcome to Remember That Time in Historical Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And today, we're getting right back into Henry VIII's wives. Yeah. I'm very into it. Um, Yeah. We're actually going to do two wives today. A two for one. Two for one. What a deal. Shorter marriages for him. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Jane Seymour and Anne of Cleves, his third and fourth wives. Oh, boy. Yes. Before that, do you want to get into a drink update? Of course. Great. I'm drinking um, some vanilla coffee today Ooh. Uh, with almond milk creamer. Ooh, fancy. Bob Ross mug that says, let's get crazy. <laughs> That's a really good mug. <laughs> I know. I'm drinking water <laughs> <laughs> tried and true standby mm-hmm. tried and true standby all right well let's get back to the Tudor era yeah it's been a minute it's been a minute so uh listeners if you have not heard the episodes on Catherine of Aragon and I almost said the wrong Catherine um <laughs> Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn I would definitely suggest going back and listening to those. Yeah. So pause, go listen, then come back. Because we're going to pick up after Anne Boleyn has gone. So let's get into a little bit about Jane Seymour. All right. So Jane Seymour is the daughter of Sir John Seymour and Marjorie Wentworth. Her father is an English soldier and a courtier who served both Henry VII and Henry VIII. All right. She is probably born at Wolf Hall, Wiltshire, um, although West Bower Manor in Somerset has also been suggested as her birthplace. I love us never knowing where, where or when people are born. <laughs> well, we're not done because her birth date is not recorded. <laughs> of course it's not. Who's but surprised it's, by that? <laughs> but it's probably somewhere between 1504 and 1509. All right. That's, I mean... About five years. That's not so bad. That's not as bad as the last one, which was... What, like I, seven. Yeah. It was pretty rough. <laughs> um, so through her maternal grandfather, she's a descendant of Edward III's son, Lionel of Antwerp. Okay. And so because of that, she and Henry VIII were fifth cousins. Okay, that's not so bad. And she shared a great-grandmother, Elizabeth Cheney, with his second and fifth wives, Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard. Oh my god, sis. We're talking about people being related. I don't know if you just heard that. That was the sound of me going to my notebook for one of my classes, because I need to share with you something fascinating. Great. Um, this is off topic, but you talking about them being related remind me, reminded me of this. We were talking about the Habsburgs in my um, History mm-hmm. of Latin America class. And we were talking about the last of the Habsburgs, mm-hmm. and where's that? Charles II, who was the last of the Habsburgs, um, one of his grandmothers was also his aunt, what? and his other was also his great-great-grandmother. 
How? Because his dad married his niece. Wait, so his, his dad pa- married his own niece? or His, his own niece. Okay. So his dad's sister was his mom's mother. Yeah. And then this was also very interesting. Everyone has 32 great, 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 great grandparents, like mathematically. Right. For Charles II, one woman was six of these to him. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So that was just a little side note. Wow. I just remembered how wild that was, and I was like, oh, I have to share this. What a, what a tangled web. Oh, it's really bad. We do, we do weave. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really bad. Man, okay, well, this is not nearly as bad as that now that... No, it is not. There's some context for you about how bad it can get. Yeah, and did get. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks. All right. So Jane is not as highly educated as Henry's first two wives, Catherine and Anne. Um, Mm -hmm. She can read and write a little. Okay. um, But she's better at household management, and she's really accomplished at needlework. And her work survived as long as 1652. And if I remember correctly, we know that because it was given to her family sometime after either she or Henry passed. Okay. Uh, Oh, and Henry is said to have taken up embroidery after Jane's death. And I think they they started calling him the great embroiderer or something like that. Huh. So he got very much. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I need a sip of coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so in 1532, Jane is made a maid of honor, which is basically like a junior household like servant to okay. Catherine, Henry's first right. wife. Um, she may have started serving it at court as early as 1527, but generally speaking, like 1532 is when she started working with the queen. Okay. Um, and she also served Queen Anne after right. Catherine was gone. And Anne had served Catherine. Catherine. Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He's the worst. <laughs> so, I'm just remembering how much Henry sucks. <laughs> yeah, big time. So Jane first starts getting some of Henry's attention around February of 1536. And this is about three months before Anne is executed. Jane is about 24 and Henry's about 20, or Henry's about 45. Oh, God. So, I, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this in the Anne Boleyn episode, but if you will recall, Henry starts, you know, giving Jane a lot of attention while Anne is in the middle of being accused of all of these terrible things. Right. And he's jousting one day, and he, like, wears Jane's favor or something like that, or he's, like, talking to her before the match, and then Anne always says this is what caused her a lot of distress um, and possibly caused her to miscarry. Right, because she, both because he got hurt and because right. Jane was with him. Right. Yeah. So, April 1536, Henry sends Jane a letter, likely inviting her to become his mistress. And Jane <laughs> sends it back to him unopened and says she wants to make an honorable marriage. Hey, girl. She tells the nice. messenger to say that. Right. But also, the idea of getting, like, a little RSVP card. That's like, I'm inviting you to become my mistress. Check yes or no. Or maybe. 
Yeah. And she checked back, but, maybe, with a, cl- with a condition. <laughs> with a condition, yeah. See, I think she learned from Anne, right? Yeah, she oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to get anything out of this unless I hold off for his, his current wife to be gone. She was right. Now, she wasn't... As she wasn't as like power hungry as Anne, but I think she learned that was really the way to get what she wanted from, and also Henry. knew that it was possible to yes, get that from him. Definitely. So Henry and Jane are betrothed on May twentieth, fifteen thirty six, one day after Anne Boleyn is executed. Oh my god! May thirtieth, yeah, May thirtieth, fifteen thirty six. They are married at the Palace of Whitehall in Whitehall, London. And that's 11 days after Anne's execution. He should have still been in mourning. It should have been impossible yeah. for him to get married. Because that that would well, have been like a part of the mourning period. But she was executed for treason. But so still! <laughs> at that point, they considered the marriage to be over. Yeah. So he wasn't but held still. to the same standards of mourning for yeah. a wife. Anyway, so they get married in the Palace of Whitehall. It's a really small, like, private chapel kind of wedding for Uh obvious reasons. Uh, (laughs) As a wedding gift, he made her a grant of 104 manors in four countries. Oh, good. As well as a number of forests and hunting chases and the income to support her during the marriage. Uh, 104 manors. Yeah. I just can't. (laughs) June 4th, 1536, Jane is publicly declared queen. Um, She is notorious for being sympathetic to Queen Catherine. She was a big supporter of Catherine uh, back in the day. And so she's very sympathetic to Mary and Mary, uh, Catherine's daughter, um, and really wants Mary and Henry to reunite. She wants Mary to get favor back. Well, that's nice, at least. Yeah, she was a big um, supporter of that. And she and Mary are very close. And this causes the public to really like Jane. Because they're still sort of in mourning over Catherine. Uh-huh. Yeah, no wonder. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, right? <sighs> yeah, I fi- Can you think about being a citizen of that country during this time and just, like... Just watching all of that happen no. and just being like, who who am I supposed to like now? Because I don't know. And why <laughs> even put an effort to like them? Because they're going to be gone soon anyway. Yeah, by this one, I'm I'm sure they're all just like, oh, so, so when does how long is it going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Because like with the first one, it's like, okay, that was a weird thing that we went through. But at least we have Anne now. And then. Right. This happens and they all understand that, oh, just any day now. Any day we're going to see another so one. Dramatic. It's weird. So some of the nobles are not as fond of her as they were of his past wives because she's not as witty. She's not quite as smart and she's not as like aggressive. Um, she's known as sort of a moderate kind of person. Uh-huh. Um, she was never actually crowned because of the plague in London where, where huh. the coronation was supposed to be. That's interesting. And people, some say that Henry may have been reluctant to have her crown before she had a son, basically. Oh, Which, of course. you know, I guess in Henry's mind does make sense. It's a little less work for him to go through if she never does. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Learning from his past. Yeah, well, it, yeah, not really. Uh, learning from his own delusions of his past. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jane is known as a strict and formal queen. 
She banned the French fashions that Anne had introduced at court. Oh. She wasn't very involved in politics. Her only reported involvement was in 1536 when she was asked for pardons for participants in the Pilgrimage of Grace, which was like a big sort of uprising. Henry had rejected it and basically was like, um, hey, remember what happened to Anne when she got in my business? Maybe stay out <laughs> of it. <sighs> and Jane's motto as queen was bound to obey and serve. Oh, God. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So Jane's big sort of like claim to fame, well, one of her big claims to fame was her real desire to restore Mary and Elizabeth's place in the succession, particularly Mary. Uh Uh-huh. And she wanted them to be before any of her own children. Good for her. Yeah. She, you know, she just felt like that was, uh, my guess is she probably felt like that was the way God intended it. Yeah, she she seems like just like a good person who just got caught up with like that desire to like, oh, the king likes me and well, I get to be queen. And yeah, like, what are you going to do? You know, the king is showing you attention. Exactly. You're going to reciprocate she, it. But she seems like she was like a good citizen of the crown before anything else, you yeah, know? Yes. Yeah. Um, she does not succeed in, in restoring Mary to the succession. Um, I mean, eventually that does happen, but not because of Jane. Um, but she does reconcile Mary and Henry. So she w- she would never would have gotten back in the secession if they hadn't reconciled. No, she wouldn't have. So, so she did help somewhat. Yeah, she did. Um, by the time Henry and Mary are like reunited, Mary is 20. Uh-huh. And she's working uh, as a lady in waiting to Elizabeth. Right. And her title is... Lady Mary, because she was not considered to be, like, the princess. She had been removed from the succession. Elizabeth's title was Lady Elizabeth, similarly. And Henry basically tells her, like, I know I haven't seen you in five years, but it's, you know, it's Anne was keeping us apart. Your actions (laughs) did all of it, sir. Yeah. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) So while he's married to Jane... Henry Fitzroy, which if you'll remember was Henry VIII's illegitimate son, yep. uh, dies on July 23rd, 1536. A lot of things happened in 1536. Yes. This is a busy, a busy year for them. Henry VIII had been considering him for an heir because he hadn't had any sons yet. Right. Um, so, you know, this is like another point in Henry's life where he's like, oh no, I still don't have a boy to take He like literally is cursed to never have a son. Well, no, because here we go. We're getting into it now. January 1537, Jane becomes pregnant. I just found this interesting. During her pregnancy, she develops a craving for quail. Huh. Which Henry had ordered for her from Calais and Flanders. So she had it, like, brought in for her, basically. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, She's private during her pregnancy. She's mostly surrounded by doctors. She doesn't go out much. She doesn't make any public appearances while she's pregnant. And mm-hmm. they basically keep her in her quarters. You can go and visit where she was when she um, went into confinement. She went into confinement September 1537. And I think the room where it is now is just called, like, Apartment 3 or something like that. Huh. It doesn't have some fancy name, but you can see it. That's cool. 
Um, October 12th, 1537, Jane gives birth to a son. Oh my God. Edward, who was the first future king, Edward the Sixth. Am I reading the Roman numeral Good, right? good. Yes. Good, yes. Good Roman numeral reading. At 2 a.m., she gives birth to Edward on October 12th. She went into labor on October 9th, and her labor lasted two days and three nights. Oh my God. Well, we'll get back to that in just a second. October 15th, 1537, Edward is christened. Both Mary and Elizabeth are present, and Mary is named Edward's godmother. Aw. So she's godmother to him up until his death. Jane is very ill after Edward's birth. She had a really hard labor. Obviously, it was two days and three yeah. nights. Oh, God. Um, she So Jane dies on October 24th, 1537 at Hampton Court Palace. Oh, she was the only one that Henry actually liked. <laughs> well, yes. Um, so I'm just going to read this little quote here um, that I have. So... Within a, within a few weeks of her death, there were conflicting testimonies concerning the cause of her demise. Um, in retrospect, from the current day, there are various speculations that have been offered. Uh, according to King Edward's biographer, her death may have been due to an infection from a retained placenta. Oh. According to Alison Weir, she may have succumbed to, I can't read this word, pup- <laughs> pural, pure Pearl fever. I don't know if I'm sure. saying that right. Uh, following a bacterial infection contracted during the birth. Also, ugh. Yeah. Um, the same author has also speculated after medical consultation that the cause of her death may have been a pulmonary embolism. Yeah. Ah. Uh, bad. All bad and ow. Yeah. So even after Henry has a son, finally, his poor wife has been through like the worst labor ever and, sh- and doesn't make it. Yeah. And it was the only wife that he liked and the only one that gave him a son. Like November 12, 1537, Jane is buried in St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle. Um, Mary actually acted as chief mourner at her funeral. Mary's working her way back in. Um, Yeah, a procession of 29 mourners followed Mary, uh, one for every year of Jane's life. And she was the only one of Henry's life... Uh, Henry's wives to receive a queen's funeral. The only one. Well, she, she was the only one who was still considered. Well, even queen the wives that he died. has. Yeah. yeah. Well, even the wives he has after his last wife outlived him, but she married again. So yeah. she didn't get a queen's funeral. Henry wears black for three months after Jane's death. See, there's the morning. Yeah. He puts on a lot of weight. Oh, yeah. Which was also part of the. His injury, right, yes. also affected that. But he also just, you know, basically sinks into a depression. And he yeah. he develops diabetes and gout. Oh, God. So, cool. <laughs> Jane is said to be Henry's favorite wife. And uh, they are actually buried next to each other. Yeah, that seems about right. Jane really used her influence to sort of advance her own family as well. Um, her brothers, Thomas and Edward, sort of used her memory to, to get their own money. Uh-huh. Thomas was rumored to have been pursuing Elizabeth I, which you c- would read in just about any place you were looking for him. They were they were rumored to have been, like, engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't believe that that was ever actually official. Right. But he actually ended up marrying... Catherine Parr instead oh. who okay. was 
sorry, I just want to make sure I'm looking it up right. Yeah, so Catherine Parr was um, Henry's last wife. So after Henry passes, Jane's brother Thomas marries Henry's last wife. But that just shows that Jane's family was still in good enough relationship with them that he was in the position to do that after Henry dies. Well, it was not, it was frowned upon. Right, but still. It was not uh, the best arrangement. And a lot of people said that she was kind of into him while she was married to Henry. But we can get into that more when we get to Catherine's episode. Yeah. Um, Jane's other brother, Edward, was actually very close to their son, Edward. Edward the uh, sixth. Mm-hmm. He set himself up as Lord Protector and a de facto ruler of the kingdom when Edward was really young. Um, but both of the brothers eventually fell from power and were executed. Wow. So, after Jane's death, Henry is very reluctant to marry again. Well, he's been through a few. (laughs) But he does need a new wife. Even though he has an heir, it's like a common thing to want an heir and a spare. That's what they called it. Right. So you want a second son in case the first one dies or can't take the throne for some other reason. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, at this point, England needs more allies. Henry has separated from Rome. Rome's Rome's allies are ready to invade England, and Mm -hmm. Henry needs backup, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk about Anne of Cleves. Another one? Another one. Another one. Another one. Congratulations. You played yourself. (laughs) At Henry for his whole life. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. No one has played himself more than Henry the Not, yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> um, Anne of Cleves is born September twenty seventh. T- sorry, twenty second, fifteen fifteen. Hey, we have a date. A, a firm one too. Wow. Yes. Um, in Dusseldorf. So Ooh. she's German. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the daughter of John the Third, Duke of Cleves, and Maria, Duchess of something I can't pronounce. <laughs> Julichberg, I think. Duchess of something I can't pronounce. It's a really lovely place. That'd make a nice t-shirt. <laughs> visit. That's me. Duchess yeah. of something I can't pronounce. I would like love that t-shirt. I love that. And that'll be our first piece of merch. Duchess <laughs> of something I can't <laughs> pronounce. Um, <laughs> so why did I write, I, I put this totally wrong And I notes. see that. I see that. <laughs> I got confused about who I was talking about. Uh-huh. So Anne's father is a moderate during the Reformation. Okay. Her sister is actually married to John Frederick, um, who has a lot of titles, but he's the head of the Protestant <laughs> Confederation of Germany. And he's kind of considered to be like the champion of the Reformation in, in Germany. Right. I like that we've reached the point in this in the story of Henry and all of his wives that when we reach someone with too many titles, we just give up. I'm so busy. Because there's too many and it's all too much. I'm so busy. I do not have time to read all those titles. <laughs> I'm going to say them all wrong anyway, so. Yep, yep. The point? So she's a really suitable candidate for Henry's wife mm-hmm. because Germany can be a really strong ally for England and her parents don't necessarily hate that Henry has separated from Rome. Which is a rarity, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he they sort of found someone. They yeah. certainly don't love it, but. But at least he's leaning Protestant now, which is their whole jam. And there so. are people in her family that. Yeah. Could easily support him. Yes. So, uh, 1527, at age 11, Anne is 
betrothed to Francis, who is the son and heir of Duke of Lorraine. Um, he is 10 at the time, Francis. Okay. Oh my gosh, a, a, a arranged marriage where they're the same age and everything. Well, wow. But actually, because he was so young, mm-hmm. um, it, the betrothal was actually considered unofficial. Right. And it was canceled in 1535. So her brother, William, is a Lutheran. But the family was actually brought up more along her mother's religious lines. um, And she is a strict Catholic. Okay. So the Duke's ongoing dispute over... I'm not going to read this right either. (laughs) (laughs) Gelderland with Emperor Charles V sort of made them suitable allies for England because he wasn't super into the emperor. Um, Okay. They were kind of fighting all the time. Um, So this, this sort of whole family dynamic works really well for Henry because it's used to be Catholic, kind of Protestant, needs allies. It like kind of all fits. The Catholics in the family aren't rejecting the Reformation necessarily. Yeah. So the marriage arrangement between Henry and Anne is brought on by Thomas Cromwell, who you might remember for betraying Anne Boleyn Uh and getting her beheaded. Um, And he really, really insists that the king marry again after Jane's death. Like, he's kind of rushing him into it. He really wants him to get married again. So Henry sends Hans Holbein, the younger... Um, he's a German painter to Durin to paint portraits of both Anne and her younger sister Amalia um, because he's considering both of them of course so Henry asked the artist to be as accurate as possible and to not embellish or flatter them okay Um, and actually the two versions of Holbein's portrait are now in the Louvre cool and in the Victorian Albert Museum so there are two. That is cool. I would love to see those. Yeah. I would I would too. I I have seen like on camera the the portrait yeah. um that's in the Louvre, but I would I would like to see it in person. So, he comes back with the painting and Henry's like, "Yeah, okay, I guess that one." Um and <laughs> He couldn't be bothered to go and see them in person well, and decided who to marry based on a painting. The thing is that since he's the king, they would come to him. And because they were all the way in Germany, it would not have been worth it to bring them to England. If they weren't like positive that he was going to marry right, one of them. Right. Yeah. So a marriage treaty is signed um, October 4th, 19, or I'm sorry, 19, wow, I jumped way ahead. Oh my god, imagine. <sighs> 1539. <laughs> Anne has no formal education, um, but she is also skilled in needlework, and she plays cards, which oh. is actually something she and Henry end up doing a lot of, like, later in life, but we'll get there. Uh-huh. Um, and she could only read and write in German, and she spoke pretty much only German. So January 1st, 1540, this is when Henry and Anne meet for the first time. So they've brought Anne to England. She's in Rochester Abbey on her way from Dover. And Henry and some of his courtiers went disguised to the room where she was staying. Because Henry thinks that if I go in disguised and I make myself available to her as a suitor 
if she knows it's me, then I know we're meant to be together. Because uh, suddenly he's a romantic, I guess. I don't know. That is some Shakespeare nonsense if I've exactly, ever heard it. Exactly, my Like, friend. that, wow. Yeah. Also, flashback to high school Henry. That is also some <laughs> garbage that our good friend high school Henry would do. <laughs> he's, like, writing poems. Him and, him and his bros are going to really, we're going to do this. We're going to see if we can trick her no, no, no. into he's falling like, in love with me. He's, like, the kid, he's, like, a scene kid who's, like... You know, I just feel like she doesn't have to, like, know it's me to know that it's her true To, like, love, know, you know it's like, me, you I know, man. Like, <laughs> she, we should just know. Oh, high school Henry. High school Henry. So he's disappointed when he meets her because, first of all, she's not, she doesn't look like the painting, in his opinion. She's not oh as God. pretty as what the painting had depicted. Oh my god. Henry is very hung up on this painting and and how she was described to him. Because Cromwell wants him to marry Anne so badly that he like over exaggerates her when he's talking to him all the time. Like, oh she's so beautiful, she's really fair, you know, she's exactly the kind of woman that, you know, will bear you children, you know, like he's describing her in this really favorable way. And Henry is still like mourning the only wife he ever liked. (laughs) And so he's very disappointed that she's not the way that she was described. And she, he's also disappointed that she doesn't, like, recognize him when he comes in disguised. And he reveals it's, himself to her. It's the first time they've right. met. Well, if if it were someone in England, they would know what he looked like. But she she's from it. Germany. <laughs> yeah. And so he, like, reveals himself to her. And she doesn't really react because she's... She doesn't speak English. She's confused. Yeah. She doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't really react. And so from that point on, Henry is very much like against this. Oh my God. They meet publicly and officially on January 3rd um, on Blackheath outside the gates of Greenwich Park. Greenwich Park. Greenwich Park. I don't know how you say it. I don't know either. Um, And there's like this big old reception laid out for them. (laughs) I'm going to read this. Gosh, this quote. Most historians believe that he later used Anne's alleged, quote unquote, bad appearance and failure to inspire him to consummate the marriage as excuses, saying how he felt he had been misled for everyone and had praised Anne's attractions. Oh, my God. I can't. I. He's the dumbest. I know. And I can't. And he blames Cromwell for the portrait being exaggerated. Uh Because, I don't know, I guess it was Cromwell's job to make sure it was right, and he didn't. I don't know. So Ridiculous. And, like, how old is she now? Anne? Uh, gosh, I'm bad at math. I don't know. She was born in 1515, and this is in 1540. So, 25? 25. Yeah. Okay. Not as young as I thought. That's better. Still not great, though. Not great, but it's better. <laughs> um, so before they're even married, Henry's like urging Cromwell to find a way to get him out of the contract. Uh. But it's too late. They've met in person. Yeah. They've made a contract with Germany and it would damage their alliance. And Which they need really bad. And they need Germany specifically because Germany is so powerful and bigger than yeah. England. So 
it, it's too late. So January 6th, 1540, Henry and Anne are married at the Royal Palace of Placentia in Greenwich, Greenwich London. Um, it's a small private ceremony. And it is said to have been two hours late. <laughs> what? How are you? I don't know I, why. How are you two hours late for your wedding to the King of England? I don't like, know. what? I don't know. My assumption is that she just really didn't understand what was going on. This is a disaster from the start. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. So Henry already doesn't like her. This is gonna. And this is gonna late. go downhill so fast. Yeah. It's such a mess. Yes, it did go down pretty quickly. Oh, this is a disaster. So they don't consummate their marriage. The court, like, all knows that Henry does not like Anne, and they make fun of her, like, behind her back all the time. But Anne is totally unaware of this because she doesn't speak English. She doesn't hear the rumors, and she just thinks everything's cool. This poor girl! I know! Oh my god, this is terrible! And around this time, guess what Henry starts to do? Because he's not here for this marriage. He starts courting Catherine Howard, who oh is, believe god. it or not, a lady in waiting to Anne. Oh my god! Guess how old she is? She's like sixteen or seventeen. I hate this. He is so forty-nine. Much. This is so bad. I can't believe this. This is a disaster. Yeah. It's like he was all, "Oh, I don't want to be married because I still love my dead wife." And the second he gets married again, he's like, "Ooh, but she's cute though." Like, what's well, wrong with him? He still needs a wife. So even if he gets rid of this one, he does need another one. Yeah, but he needed the to be. Allied to Germany. Oh, it's so bad. And he picked totally the wrong one, by the way. I mean, we'll get into Catherine Howard. I mean, wow. Talk about a rebound relationship. Catherine Howard was that one. This is a disaster. Anyway, so... I can't believe how quickly his life fell apart here. I know. Wow. I know. Anne is asked to leave court on June 24th, 1540. She's told Henry is reconsidering the marriage on july 6th so they ask her to leave they have been married for six months i know Ah. i know Ah. so here's something um fun that i'm gonna read oh god Witness statements were taken from a number of courtiers and two physicians which register the king's disappointment at her appearance henry had also commented to thomas hennig i don't know and anthony denny that he could not believe she was a virgin so he's bud? already putting it on her. Also, I don't know how you can't believe she's a virgin. I bud? Mean. Bud? <laughs> this is, you're playing the wrong game here, buddy. Yeah. So Anne is asked to consent to an annulment. And right. Henry has made her an offer, basically, that's like, you know, I'm going to ask you for an annulment. And this is really best case scenario for you. I will basically consider you my sister, which means that you're not being thrown out or disgraced. Or beheaded. Right. (laughs) This is best case scenario. So she agrees. I mean, it was definitely best case scenario for her. Yeah, she was smart. She she knew what had happened to his past wives. She was... Yeah. From what I've heard, she was afraid of being beheaded, like, even from the time she first met him, which I don't Well, wouldn't you be- Like, why would you ever want to marry him in the first place? Because you have to. My first assumption would be that I was going to get beheaded. 100%. So she sends Henry a letter, essentially saying she knows the marriage wasn't legitimate, she accepts that it's over, 
Um, and she sends the letter with her re- wedding ring and instructs Henry to break it into pieces um, as it is a thing of no force or value. This uh, this was such a quick and ridiculous disaster, but at least it just ended. We're not done. Right, but like with her. <laughs> nope, we're not done. So while this is going on, Thomas Cromwell is attained for treason. Oh, Jesus. Because oh. God forbid he tells the king that someone is prettier than she is. I, he could just, he could say that someone stepped on his toe and that was treason. Like, that's that's the point we've reached with this man. So, I mean, Cromwell is, is put in prison for treason and he's beheaded basically all because of a painting that the king didn't see, think was accurate. I, I, oh, oh my God. And Cromwell, in my opinion, should have known because he saw yeah. how quickly Henry turned on Anne and he helped him do that. Yep. He should have known. Uh, that man ruled a country. I know. For a long time. For a long time. So July 9th, 1540, Henry and Anne's marriage is annulled on the grounds of non-consummation. And they use her old marriage contract as, like, leverage as well. <sighs> Here's another quote. Uh, Henry VIII's physician stated that after the wedding night, Henry said he was not impotent because he experienced something in Latin I can't pronounce, but basically wet dreams. Oh. So he had to say like, oh, we didn't consummate, but it wasn't because I couldn't perform because I I perform perfectly fine on my own. I. (laughs) If that ain't the most male. It's so bad. (laughs) That is an illegal document somewhere in the world. It is. In Latin. (laughs) In Latin. (sighs) It's unbelievable. Like, I can't parse any of this. This is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. So Anne receives a settlement from the annulment, which is better than any of the other wives got. And maintains her properties, so she gets to keep every property that she was given, including well, Richmond Palace and Hever Castle. She got the best end of she any of these deals. Did. Absolutely. She was married to the king for a second, didn't have to have any of his children, mm-hmm. and then just got to like have a nice little setup for the rest of her life. Yep. And they actually become good friends after their good. marriage ends. They you know, she comes to court a lot and they like play cards and you know, he kind of confines in her sometimes. She's an honorary member of the king's family, which, so she's referred to um, as the king's beloved sister. That's how she signed her letter that she wrote to him when she told him she agreed to the annulment. She was signed at your beloved sister or something like that. And giving her this place as the king's sister gives her precedence over all other women in England, except for any of his future wives and any of his daughters. Wow. So, you know, he's showing her that he's grateful that she didn't make a big deal out of this, I guess. Yeah. You know, and she could have put up a fight and it would have been bad for both of them. This started a large disaster, but ended pretty decently. It did. She definitely (laughs) got the best deal out of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anne was also close with... Mary and Elizabeth, she took place in Mary's coronation process. So she was cool. part of that. 
Um, she changes religion and becomes Roman Catholic when Mary takes the throne. Huh. So. <laughs> though, though, I feel so bad for Mary and Elizabeth just having, like, tw- their moms are both gone, and all of these other women are, like, trying so hard to, like, help them. And, well, like, a couple of them are. Yeah, them. yeah, it's a lot. Anne was not trying to help Mary one bit. No, she wasn't, but. But, yeah. Um, did this, what did this do to England's relationship with Germany? It was fine. <laughs> because uh, the marriage how? was annulled on grounds of them just, like, not getting along, basically. Um, I think they were able to maintain the alliance. Mm-hmm, because, because she agreed. So it wasn't just the king being like, and you're out, like, publicly. Yeah. Well, and it, it also was, like, wasn't, like, just couldn't get along. A- it also wasn't like a German princess. It was like a duke's daughter. Yeah. So it wasn't it was just somebody of high standing but not the highest standing. Okay, so after Mary takes the throne, she kind of starts losing favor and starts losing favor around 1554 after Wyatt's rebellion because some people thought that so During this time, Mary totally believes that Elizabeth is trying to take the throne from her, even though Elizabeth is, like, relatively indifferent at this point. Uh, She basically just wants to stay alive at this point. Yeah. So, because Anne is close with Elizabeth, Mary, in her completely paranoid state that she gets to, um, thinks that Anne is trying to help Elizabeth take the throne from her. So, I don't know that she's really, like punished punished but she's not invited back to court there's no evidence that she's invited back after 1554 okay um but she didn't so really in the end it's not that bad not that bad she didn't leave england after she initially arrived to marry the king she stayed there after that Mm -hmm. um Anne's health begins to fail in 1557 and she dies july 16th eight weeks before her 42nd birthday wow um, which is younger than the king was when he met her, if you'll recall. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> that is just a lot. Yeah. Uh, the most likely cause of her death is cancer. She's buried in Westminster Abbey on August 3rd in what has been described as a somewhat hard to find tomb. What an interesting sentence. Yes. On the opposite side of Edward the Confessor's shrine and slightly above eye level for a person of average height. Am I on a treasure hunt? Yeah, apparently so. But she is the only one of Henry VIII's wives to be buried in Westminster Abbey. Huh. She was also the last of Henry VIII's wives to die because she outlived his last wife, Catherine Parr by nine years. Wow. So she wasn't the longest lived because Catherine of Aragon was 50 when she died, but she did outlive all of the other wives. Huh. And she was one of two that outlived Henry. She like was queen for a hot second and then just lived a very normal life. She did. And then just died. Do 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 you know if she ever remarried? No, she didn't. Huh. Nope, she didn't remarry. She, I mean, she had all this property. She didn't need to. Yeah. Henry just let her live. And she huh. did. And she would visit him and she would visit his daughters. She'd he hang in, out at court. He invited her to court all the time. Huh. So she really did get the best deal out of all of his wives. Yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. she actually had the opportunity to make a deal. 
Well, and she didn't really even have to. He just came to her and said, like, hey, here is the thing of it. I'm just going to let you be. Yeah. Because this, I think he, he felt it just wasn't significant enough to put up a fight over it. You know, like, his marriage to Anne was hugely significant. So, yeah. you know, it had to end dramatically. Jane had to end dramatically, you know. He hadn't been married long enough to even be able to really pull up that kind of dramatic evidence. I, I'm sure he could have, but, like, you know, it was just that, like... Well, he couldn't really pull that stunt again. Right? No. You know, like, it's believable when it's one wife. But you can't just say every single one of your wives cheated on you dramatically and then kill them all. Exactly. Like, Although, stay tuned for... Ugh. For the next wife. It's a lot. She's a... Man, it's really sad. It's really rough. Yeah. But we'll get to her eventually. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we do... We have two people we could Google autofill today. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, should we start with Jane Seymour? Yeah. Okay, if I could learn how to spell. Uh Uh-huh. Is Jane Seymour... Oh, wait, hold on. Here's the thing, though, because there's another Jane Seymour... Who's an actress. Oh. Let's try Queen Jane Seymour. And the only thing that comes up is where is she buried? Okay. Okay. Let's try was Jane Seymour. It's really funny because of the actress suggestions. Uh-huh. Because what comes up first is, was Jane Seymour in Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Here's a relevant world. one. Mar- relevant one. Married to George Boleyn. No, she was not. No. Um, was she in James Bond? <laughs> was she married to Freddie Mercury? Oh my gosh! Was she in Little House on the Prairie? Was she married to Freddie Mercury? I don't... Literally even one know of where... these is about Jane Seymour, the wife of Henry VIII. Right, but I don't even know where that rumor for the actress would have come from. I don't know. Huh. Let's try Anne of Cleves. Is Anne of Cleves German? Yes. Does Anne of Cleves have a child? No. Was she divorced? No. She Her marriage was annulled. Uh, was she a German princess? No. No. She was a duke's daughter. A duchess. <laughs> well, she, but isn't the duchess the person that the duke is married to? Yeah, I to? guess. She she was a lady. I don't know. That's yeah. What she, that's what her title was at the end of her life. Right. Where is Anne of Cleves buried? Westminster Abbey, as we have just learned. Yeah, the only one. Uh, was she Protestant? No, then yes, then no. (laughs) 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 And then they ask again if she was divorced or a German princess. So not as much to Google for them. Yeah. Well, they were both the smaller. They were short-lived marriages. Yeah. That's why we did both in one episode. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because he, where, when did he marry Jane? Let's see. Oh, yeah. In 1536, uh-huh. and he was separated from Anne by 1840. So all of that Not was in 1840. Or, sorry. <laughs> you did it too. I did. We're in the wrong uh, century. What's wrong with us? Uh, in 1540. So all of that happened in four years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And isn't it just so, like, poetic justice? That Henry was so bound and determined to find a wife that could give him a son, and the one that did, did not live more than a few days after she accomplished that task. 
cursed. Yeah. His life was cursed. He, I don't think his life was cursed. I think his life cursed all the lives around him. Yeah. Because, you know, everything that happens to him, he does to himself. Yeah. <sighs> Buck wild. Buck wild indeed. Well, that's all I've got on those two wives. I'll, I'll do episodes on the last two at some point. It was nice to return to our old buddy Henry. <laughs> our dear friend Henry VIII of England. JK. Yeah. I hate him. And I'll definitely do one on Mary and one on Elizabeth as well. I yes, gotta, yes, I gotta yes, see yes. it out to the end of the Tudor line. So. And I guess Edward, too. Oh, yeah. Edward's life was pretty short, though. So maybe I'll work it into something else. Yeah. We'll see. We have a lot more to cover <sighs> in History, the man. lives of the Tudors. There's so much. <laughs> so much. There's so much. Well, thank you all for listening. Hope you liked this episode. If you have suggestions about what you'd like us to talk about in the future, or if you have questions or just want to chat, um, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at rttpod. Uh, you can follow me across all social channels at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter all over the internet. I don't know what I'm doing next week. I haven't picked yet. Well, you better figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rude. We're pretty early in our recording of this one, so I think you've got time. I've got some time. Yeah. Well, until next time. Remember that time. Remember that time.